0: The Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice. (laughs) To rejoice with those who rejoice. Listen, it's good to rejoice in another man's blessing. Say this, it ain't gonna be that easy. So I'll see you next Sunday. And you know what I'm talking about. It ain't gonna be that easy. I'm not gonna allow it. I'm gonna pray to God that He'll turn the hearts of men. Amen. And he'll turn it. I see it. It's all good. It's all right. Next Sunday we'll see you back in position. It's all well. So listen, he know what that is. So, Isaiah, can you cue that up for me with RA? Cue that up, brother. We're gonna shout with one of my brothers in the gospel, and I'm just gonna preach you for about maybe three or four sentences or something. Because I need you to see this, and I need you to see what God does in the body of Christ. And as he's queuing that up, you're gonna t- take your attention to the monitors. Is our monitor on, musicians? I believe it is. Has that monitor been on? Okay, it's on. All right. No, it's on for Alpha second, but it's on. Listen, let me set the stage for this. you all know, um, we follow very closely Pastor R.A. Bernie in the Word Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He's been pastoring now, I believe we have 17 years he's been pastoring. You up? You know you got to switch your plug into the computer in order to get your sound on there. Take your ox line and plug it in the computer. You got to rewind it back a little bit or, But this man of God I want you to see this is only five minutes That's all i going to take out today But God will open doors for you When you put people At the forefront of your ministry This thing messed my whole life up this week When I went to my DVR and seen what God did We had already heard about it a, Maybe about a month or so ago but to hear the transition and the transaction of what God will do for His kingdom people is absolutely amazing. So I just want you to see this. Brother, Z, are we are we ready? Almost.
1: We just need our sound. From being room, locked right? out with no place there to go just listen. I'm gonna stop to talking. Turn it up so they can hear it good. They're high bit. school, dropping millions of dollars in a movie theater and outgrowing it in two years. To our current sports facility. Turn it up just a little bit, Brother Isaiah. State of the Art Sanctuary. From our down-the-way campus. No, you, you better get going.
0: That's a little technical difficulty. Don't worry. Pray it through. Because we got a shot with him. Because they already walked in. their building at 10 o'clock. They an hour ahead of us. They in Ohio. So it's 11. They walked in at 10 a.m. To a 4,000 seat. Sanctuary You ready Brother Isaiah? Don't stretch yourself, come on (laughs)
2: He's just talking to the computer Don't worry (laughs) (laughs) He's working it out
0: YouTube, when nobody here was playing,
2: fine.
0: <laughs> Soon you want it live and live in person.
1: From being locked out with no place to go, to our humble beginnings in a high school, dropping millions of dollars in a movie theater and outgrowing it in two years, to our current sports facility with a state of the art sanctuary, from our down the way campus where i was born and raised to a gorgeous building in akron and just when you thought we were done dj do me a favor don't stop the music We're church nation here we grow again my beautiful brother from another mother pastor ed
2: holland senior pastor of akron baptist temple we are Uh, absolutely confident that we we pray that God has answered our prayer. I I know that you see us as an answer to your prayer. That's the wonderful thing about Kingdom work. Uh, You are an answer to our prayer. It is a blessing to be able to see the future of these facilities bright and being used for Kingdom purposes. Dr. Vernon and I went to the same seminary. Uh, Did not know, obviously, each other as I'm a few years <laughs> more seasoned than he is. Uh, but I, I do believe that both theologically and from an anointing, uh, Dr. Vernon is called of God. He's a man for this time. Uh, God is amazing in the way he uh, chooses to anoint and prepare men for such a time as this. Whole and month so, Dr. Dillington was that man in 1934 I believe Dr. Vernon is that man for now.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ed. All that said, the Akron Baptist Temple is now the future home of the Word Church in Akron. You're talking 265,000 square feet of immaculate ministry facility situated on 30 sprawling acres conveniently located near the freeway. Okay, let's deal with the elephant in the room. You're probably wondering how much is this costing us. In its heyday, the building appraised at nearly forty million, and they're giving it to us for just over a million dollars. And in all honesty, I have never seen a facility like this. I'll never forget the first time I walked in the nursery. It was so awesome. I was tempted to go home and pick up my little girl just to let her come play in it.
2: From there,
1: they take me to the Helping Hands Outreach Building, one of seven buildings, by the way, and to see racks and racks of clothing from 2T to grown up. Rolls of shoes, and all the food you can give away. I can't wait for our outreach team to hear and start being a blessing to the acting area. Then they take me to the gym, and I can imagine young people coming from all across the area having fun, recreation, the crave, the powerhouse, the connection, all of these are rooms for kids, not only to play, but to get ministered to, to hang out, to have a great time, They had every age in mind when they built this building. The Bridge Sanctuary, a contemporary sanctuary for young adults who like a different kind of flavor. And then we go to the Super Sanctuary. Which seats well over 4,000 people. Can you imagine all of the outreach we're going to do? All of the different conferences and pastors coming from across the world, graduations for high schools in the Akron Canton area. This building is going to be a blessing. The Akron Baptist Temple is now the future home of the Word Church in Akron. You're talking 265. 000. Come on, give God some praise. Let's the
0: spirit of Isaiah. And you gotta rejoice with those who rejoice. And as I look back over my life, when I start. A 1100 square foot house in my living room to a little hall called Judge's Hall down the street to a storefront ministry and a little ways down a little south down the highway on 80 to a little green house
2: to now
0: God has opened up the door for us to be in this place Just two years ago, they they moved into their Akron building. That's bigger than their other two buildings. Mm-hmm. They are closing not near one of the buildings just for being that. This is how many members he's got: over twenty thousand members. But when you're doing kingdom, God will open up doors for you. This is why I encourage you. They do, or probably over fifteen years, I know they probably given away maybe. 20-30 million in outreach. I don't know the number, but I'm just assuming because I know how much outreach they do When you're affecting the community And when you put the people first This is what we have to keep our focus on the people I told you from day one don't get caught in this building because this ain't the last destination It's just a stepping stone He didn't didn't stop growing. He didn't get content. I tell people all the time, I'm as hungry as a gorilla in the desert for the things of God. Because if I don't stay hungry as your leader, we're not going to continue to grow. I'm as hungry as a gorilla in the desert. And you have to imagine the appetite that he has as a gorilla in the desert. That's how hungry I am concerning the things of God, the ministry of God. This is why I go so hard. This is why I'm so tenacious in doing what we do. This is why I share. What church are you going to go to and they put up another man's house? Because we're in competition with one another. It's foolishness. We serve the same God. If he did it for him, he can do it for me. God is real. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Who does that? Amen. See, let me let me even give you a backdrop and I I gotta get ready to get. I only want to give you a little bit of this word, because I gotta go. The former the pastor who started. Um, Akron Baptist Temple was a racist, prejudiced man back in the 30s. Amen. You to hear This clip doesn't show that. There's another clip on, on that I got at home. He was racist. The pastor that was there that sold him the building that was talking that guy. I can't remember his name, but the white guy who was talking, he said about his the former founder. He was racist. He implemented that within the church. He was from Kentucky and came to Ohio with a Kentucky mindset. Mm-hmm. Wow. But over the years, as things change hands, and that pastor did not take on the former mindset of what it was, it was built on, and he said, I know what happens, see what happens, ministries begin to die out because the congregation got older.
2: Yeah.
0: And they can't handle or maintain all that space. Uh-huh. So something that was once worth forty million dollars in its heyday, when it was top notch at the level that you see the size of the building, yeah. that God will touch His heart because of what we've done in the past. I got to redeem ourselves.
2: Wow.
0: Ari Vernon talks about that.
2: Amen. Wow.
0: For you to give, the, He literally gave that building away. That's just like a. He literally just gave that away for a dollar. Literally. Yes. Yes. Amen. One point five million. That's paid. Yeah. That's how many them have. That's the kind of word. That's that's paid that's done and notice this they ain't got to go in and do a whole lot of work it's ready to step in because they they're having their first service today and they're starting with the gathering of the shepherds conference this week that starts on the 20th for his pastor's leadership conference God is amazing so this is why we do laundry takeovers this is why we do gas giveaways. This is why we do coat drives. This is why we're gonna do a Christmas dinner for the homeless or for those who are in need, whoever it may be. Because that's what gets our name out there. Let me give you this testimony. In Bible study, somebody came up to me and said they were sharing with a friend of theirs concerning, we're gonna do a larger takeover. They said, what's that? She explained to him what it is. She said, well, I gotta sew into that. She gave $20, I left $20 at home, and I gave away all my cash to the little girl. I get it, I left $20 at home. I didn't go downstairs to my office Thursday, but I left it at home on the dresser. But anyway, the $20, she was sowing because we're moving.
2: Amen.
0: Yes. Amen. See, if you're not doing anything, Amen. what can God, why is God going to push you into nothing? When you're moving, God can push you into something because he got orchestrated that move for Pastor R. A. Vernon to get to Akron. Yes, His main location is in Cleveland, but he got positions in the buildings all over. So, I mean, God will do it. Every time we do outreach, somebody wants to sow. I want to be a part of it. I want to sow a seed. I want to be a help. That's what God will do. Amen? Amen. I got 15 minutes, and I'm going to give you the best I got. 15 minutes. I got to preach at another service today. Can I give you just some, we're going to give you just some practical things to go on today. How many married people in the building? How many want to be married?
1: <laughs> Brother Terrence
0: Adams got his hands up, y'all. He, I mean, he want to be married. And you better believe God got a spouse for
1: him.
0: Y'all be happy all, but who want to be married? Raise your hands. telling you. You got to make your request known unto God. So what we're going to share today is not just for married people, but we have to have wisdom if we desire to get married when we go into this thing. And so we're going to talk today a little bit about in-laws or outlaws. Which side are you on? Have you made a decision on which way you're going to operate in this particular setting of family? When we say outlaws, I, I just share that just to bring some a little bit of comical to the issue, but it's not anything funny about when you have to live your life. On edge when it's Father's Day and they ask you to go to your in laws, and you have to be on edge and have anxiety and go into a panic and you get a headache. And you are talking about, I need something stronger than a root beer. Just to sedate the pain and agony and torture that you may have to endure for two hours is that anointing of an outlaw. But we want to gain wisdom today And and we're just going to tap the surface today And we'll pick some more next week But we want to be responsible as believers See this is what makes the distinction If we're following Christ And we're believers In the relationship And you may deal with in-laws that are non-believers This is the first point I want to make And if you don't get anything else You need to understand this If you're the believer You're walking with Christ You're in relationship with Christ You're in fellowship in the body of Christ On a weekly basis, whatever you do You may even have a title within the ministry of the church You have a responsibility As the saved person To represent Christ In that relationship So you're saying Pastor, why does the earnest have to be on me? Because Jesus bore a cross for you He carried the cross For us now they have not moved into the revelation of knowing Christ, so I can't put an expectation of knowing how to act like Christ when they have not been in relationship with Him. Amen. Right. Amen. Good. Amen. Then you say, "Well, Pastor, they say too. They on the usher board, the mother board, the deacon board, the choir stand, and they still cut my throat." you still act like Christ because the Bible talks about you cannot render evil for evil and my little baby Deja just got up here and shared with you that when somebody took their sandwich They got an attitude, kept a grudge And the next day they went to the office And they went to the lunchroom And it was just a naked sandwich That it just wasn't nobody's name on it It was just open And they took it and ate it And went here in the corner And all this other stuff And then did not deal with the issue That they had done wrong also Because they weren't willing to forgive Their brother or sister who took that sandwich So this is a place of maturity and growth and I told Pastor Venice last night, I said, this is an area that I don't believe that a lot of ministries when they teach about family that we even deal with in-laws and outlaws. Yeah. Because this is something that will, it can be detrimental to a relationship. Amen. Because we're not just marrying the spouse. Wow. I know you want it to seem as though that yes, you are just marrying your spouse, but you are marrying someone that's connected to other people also.
2: And we can't
0: expect that when they may not fit the image that we want them to fit into, that we expect our spouse to disconnect from his mom and dad and leave them in an isolated place to begin to satisfy all of your needs. There has to be room for compromise.
2: Amen. That's good. We're going to teach
0: you some wisdom today. I'm, telling you, I'm, just, I'm just scratching the surface today. When we went live last night, that thing started getting exciting and people started chiming in. I said, okay, we hit a topic and we hit a nerve because some people have some issues. So, I know, God, we in the house. And a lot of people don't want to admit, but I'm just going to give you wisdom.
2: Amen.
0: Now, you do with the information as you please.
2: Come on, I
0: ain't got to come all down your block. I ain't got to get in the spirit and prophesy and roll in the flow and tell you anything.
2: Come on, come on.
0: Because you know you, and you know yourself, and you know your spouse, you know your in-laws, you know the people who you've been with. (laughs) This is nothing new, but I'm trying to give you a better way to establish relationship. So, let me give you some practical things, some practical points. And give you a couple of scriptures, and and I'm going to have to leave down from this place. Is that all right? So, according to psychology today. In an article by Carl Philemer, he's a Ph.D. And this article says, three rules of getting along with your in-laws. Three rules. In a study of more than 700 long long married older people, I often heard people say, you don't just marry a person, you marry his or her family. Indeed, many of the elders I spoke with regarded this statement as a fundamental truth. Despite the fact that most dating couples do not spend much time thinking about their partner's family, elders will unequivocally tell you that in-laws matter. It's, not a co- it's no coincidence that popular culture focuses heavily on in-law relationships. For Everybody Loves Raymond, To Meet the Parents movies. These images reflect deep-seated worries about balancing loyalty to one's spouse with lifelong bonds of attachment and obligation to parents, siblings, and other kin. This is not an, er- an irrational worry. Research also shows that in in-law relations are a key detriment to marital happiness. What should you do? As I comb through hundreds of reports on in-law relationships ranging from loving and respectful relationships to in-laws from hell, I uncovered three terrific lessons for insulating your relationship from problems with each other's families. I need you to highlight that and write that down. Listen to this, I'm gonna. he says, I uncovered three terrific lessons for insulating your relationship from problems with each other's families. You have to develop insulation within your relationship. What is the purpose of insulation is to keep a certain thing out, but also to keep something in. All right. So. Insulation is to keep out the draft. If yeah. anyone has ever had a house with an attic, I'm from the city off the southeast side of Chicago, and we had a house that had an attic. Yeah. And when you went up the stairs in an attic, you would see the insulation because in the upper uh, 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 stories of a home, the air is more cooler in the wintertime, and even with a, during a part of the day, you can go upstairs and it can be cold up there in the wintertime, freezing. So you put insulation to maintain a certain temperature so that cold air doesn't infiltrate the rest of the house. Right, right. It's insulation. Yeah. Now, not only does it keep out cold or keep out heat, but it's to maintain the temperature that has already been set. So it does you no good in the wintertime when you know you have older windows and there's a breeze that comes through. They have what they call those insulation window kits. Amen. To keep out the cold but to maintain your heat so that you do not waste energy or increase your, 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 your heating bill by having to turn the temperature up higher because you're losing heat because there are drafts in your windows. we open the door for the enemy to come in and bring in drafts
2: wow. oh my god
0: and when drafts come in it represents there's an opening for outside elements to come in so when I insulate my relationship with my extended family I don't allow their particular opinions and their viewpoints come In and disrupt my temperature in my house because I have insulated my windows and those drafts can't come in. Teaching better than the the shower, brother. Belvin is so good to see you. So, he he, he made a valid point here of insulating,
2: yes, yes,
0: insulating, come on, come on, insulating, covering, protecting because we have to understand. Our obligation and our role to our spouse. So let me give you a couple of these points before oh, I gotta go. This is good. I got eight minutes. It's good. So listen, number one. He said these rules are for in-law relations, have been tested by hundreds of the oldest Americans for decades. And given what's at stake, we should pay close attention. For people who have been married, been seasoned, spent some time in this thing. This is why it's important for you to have premarital counseling. Come on, come on. I know it's. I know it's. I know it's like you know, taking stripes on Jesus' back. I ain't gotta listen to nobody. I want nobody in my stuff and this and that and that and this. And I tell people, I said, if I don't get in your business now, I'm gonna get in 11 Wow. So I can either get into this business in pre-marital counsel, or I can get into your business when you're in a divorce line and you're trying to figure out who's gonna get the dog and who's gonna get the goldfish. But either way, though, I'm coming in your business. If I if you choose to allow me to marry or choose for you to come in and seek out any counsel, you're going to have to open
2: up. Amen. Come on, Father, Teach, teach.
0: So, number one, he says, your loyalty is to your spouse. This is gonna be the only point we're gonna get to today. He said, Life is full of difficult decisions in which no solution leaves everyone happy. Unfortunately, let me read that again because y'all missed that. Let me slow down just a little Life is full of difficult decisions In which no solution leaves everyone happy See the reason why there is burden Is because we're not taught this <coughs>
1: Wow.
0: We're not taught biblical The Bible says to for the husband yes. Listen I, hope I, I don't know if I'm going to get to the scripture But in Genesis chapter 2 He says for a man to leave his mother and father And cleave to his spouse yes. That word cleave means to cling to yes hold on to to take a grip to so it says life is full of difficult decisions in which no solution leaves everyone happy unfortunately that's exactly what a difficult in-law situation creates a classic example of ambivalence that in a worst case scenario may persist over years or even a lifetime but sometimes the elders cut through the complexity and tell you what to do here's their advice on dealing with the supposed ambivalence of an in-law relation. The elders are unequivocal. It is your duty to support your husband or wife and manage your family in a way that consistently conveys this fact. Further, you must both present, listen at this, a united front to your families, making it clear from the beginning that your spouse comes first. I'm not going to give it about three hand claps.
1: That's
0: all I heard. I heard three hand claps and two amens.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Your commitment, this is from Psychology Today. This is somebody who's studying relationships. See, we got to get some practical. He's backing up biblical. Because this is Bible. He says for the man to leave his family and cleave to his wife. So I have to understand my spouse is first. We got to get priority in order. Spouse is first. My loyalty is to my spouse.
2: And what happens is when you're building a relationship,
0: you're actually taking someone from their family and they don't understand how this is going to work. And they feel a sense of abandonment when you're now disconnecting and you're growing to another place that's unfamiliar to them. This was my experience personally because I married young. Initially I felt the pull Where my parents were like You're too young to marry Are you sure about this Amen. Because at 21 You haven't experienced life enough You haven't seen enough Are you sure you're going to love this one woman For the rest of your life But they didn't understand to convey the biblical sense Because they didn't have an understanding Of the biblical principle of what I was trying to operate in. I didn't even understand it fully because I'm growing in the thing and I'm just stepping out on faith and allowing the Holy Ghost and allowing God and allowing my spouse to be in my relationship and not my in-laws, not my cousins, not my nephew, and not the mailman. So my loyalty is to my spouse. Yes. Yes. And if we would teach these things and have a fuller understanding, it's gonna make things better. And what was so funny is because when I look at where my parents came from, we gotta close and this is a sidebar. Both my parents came from down south at young ages. One from Mississippi, one from Georgia. So they separated from their family Single They didn't come here married I'm trying to help somebody get free So if they were in their time Separated from their family How can they understand That I had to do the same And separate from my family In order to mature and grow And build a relationship With the one whom I married To so as they moved from separate places to Chicago Eventually they met I don't know the foolish of how they met I said but eventually they met And they got married And stayed married for over 50 years Till so they both went on to be with the Lord Because they understood the value of disconnecting But they didn't necessarily Uh, convey it or verbalize it or articulate it according to scripture but it was in them because we've been creating his image and his likeness so when they got married they didn't have a lot of family or a lot of other things to pull on they had some siblings, some brothers but everybody was kind of spread out across town I had aunts that stayed over east, we stayed on the south side. So aunts, most of, the, most of my aunts and uncles, they, they migrated to the east side of Chicago where we were on the south side in the Englewood community. So I'm in the suburbs, in different places, so there wasn't a direct line for them to have a lot of contact or to open up the door for a lot of drafts. They were insulating their relationship. So I'm gonna close, I'm gonna, I gotta get a So when me and my wife decided to get married, She had went away, she was away at school in college and we had a long distance relationship. I went to school here at Chicago State University on the great 95th and King Drive on Chicago. We are Chicago State Cougars, right? She was a WIU leather
2: neck. I'm still trying to figure out what that leather neck is. Amen.
0: Down in Macomb, Illinois, which is about a four hour ride, amen, and so in that distance, in that dating space, we, we were distant. And she had been away from home. I had never been away from home. I never lived on my own. So when we got married, we moved 45 miles south of the city. Wow. We were disconnecting. Yeah. We were taking into steps to cleave to each other. We moved to Steger, Illinois because the rent was about $400 something a month. And you had only paid about uh, uh, one month's rent and one month's security. And I had to ask my daddy after that. <laughs>
2: Daddy, I need half
0: of this if you really want me to get out of
1: here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and got he three-bed in this house and my boo can't can't share this with bed no more. It ain't gonna work. We gotta get our own space up here. Amen. So we had to take a leap of faith and step out of our comfort zone. Of what we have been accustomed to and not knowing before we got married, once we got into a relationship, that we lived close in proximity to one another. Maybe about less than a mile from each other. Didn't even know until we met and got to know each other. But I'm saying that for you to understand the importance of cleaving, leaving and cleaving. It is going to build up insulation in your relationship. Yes. It's not to say that you can't stay in close proximity. It's not to say that you can't, you know, stay in that particular place and be able to do some things in your until uh, you get better in a better position financially, whatever the case may be. But you have to be in a position to have your own yes. Yes.
2: as a husband and a wife. Come on.
0: You need your own. Yes. You cannot stay in your parents' house married for the rest of your married life. Yes. Because being together on your own is going to build your relationship.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I had to move away from the crutch of my parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he tells the man to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. You separate yourself from the crutch
2: yeah.
0: cool. of having to have something to go back to. No, when it's challenges, you got to stand up as a man.
2: Yeah.
0: Square your shoulders, look that stuff in the face. Tell your wife, we're going to make it. We're going to get through it. Oh, yeah, it's tight today. Uh-huh. We only got $7.50 in this laundry week, and I need all my underwear clean. So <laughs> I got to go to work. Man, man. Now you got to make a decision. We're going to do three or two. or What you going to do? We're going to split it up? What you going to happen? You got to make a sacrifice, baby. Come on, double up. I'm telling you, you got to double up.
2: Yes. Something got to happen. I'm talking too
0: real for y'all. Y'all need to understand what really goes on. I know some folks that have been there in them tight situations when you first got married and things get a little tight and you got to be able to stick together because through those storms yes. it's what builds endurance yes. so that when the waves come, Withstand the pressure that you have some insulation and
1: there are no drafts, there are no tsunamis, there are no hurricanes that can penetrate your window. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Praise.